stop Ouija. I don't have enough arcane power. Where am I needed? I need fury, not enough hatred. Resupply here! Spawn more overlords. They're taking the point! I can't for me! Yes! Victory! Greetings, friends and fellow gamers. Welcome to this edition of Not Enough Resources, a bi-weekly gaming podcast hosted on roguesportal.com. My name is Ryan. You can find me online at Ryan M. Holt. I've been playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm recently, and I am joined, of course, by my illustrious and ever-knowledgeable co-host, Dylan. Dylan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful, Ryan. It's It's been a, a busy couple of weeks for me, coming out of graduation, but uh started my new job this week and I'm ready to do some podcasting. Perfect, perfect. Glad to hear it. Why don't you lead us off with what you have been playing during your time off. So I, uh, I unfortunately have been uh, living in my new apartment without any internet, but the little bit of gaming I've got to do, I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone on mobile, which, um, I mean, I know it's kind of a, an older feature, but being able to copy and paste decks from the internet and then work from there is, is really nice. Um, which I've had to change a lot of decks because it's the latest patch uh, on Hearthstone and they have uh, nerfed quite a few cards. How big is this meta shift? Is this is this like a expansion style meta shift or is it just more subtle bringing everything back into like reasonable power levels because of the latest expansion? Um, it's, it's more bringing things back into reasonable power levels. There were um, two decks... Uh, one really strong deck the uh they call them the spiteful decks uh spiteful druid and then spiteful priest which there's a, a card called spiteful summoner that you pl- it's a four four and when you play it then it reveals a spell from your deck and summons a random minion of the same cost so for the druid one you put two 10 cost spells in your deck and everything else is creatures so when you play it you're guaranteed um you get a four four and a 10 cost minion on turn six yeah no that's busted. so yeah so they've nerfed it and they've bumped it up to turn seven which is really nice because uh, um a lot of the decks kind of revolve around cheating out um cheating out those big minions early interesting it's it's always fun to see how those metas ebb and flow and i don't know that's one thing i really like about consistent gaming you know Fortnite, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, all those things, they all ebb and flow based on, you know, these tiny little subtle tweaks. And I think that's something that's really cool that we can do with online gaming. I have been playing. um, Yeah, it's nice. It it keeps the game fresh. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have been playing this really awesome indie game that is called House Flipper. And it's pretty much every HG tv like renovation show you've ever seen turned into a video game um you start out just like installing radiators and fixing electrical problems but like after you get through a very lengthy tutorial because they teach you everything they teach you electrical they teach you uh decorating they teach you uh structural engineering the whole thing like the tutorial is very very robust but once you get out of that tutorial mode and you start like doing the actual like flipping of the houses where you have to like manage a budget and things like that it's it's really really in-depth and really intense but i've been enjoying that um much to my wife's appreciation she thinks i'm going to be able to fix a house completely but i don't think that's going to be the case at all 
Wait, so is it is it accurate? Like, um, I mean, electrical gets pretty complicated, but um, um, like it it is and it isn't. Um, like when you install a radiator, right? It gives you um the like the um pipe for the water that plugs into the radiator itself, and you do have to like secure the fastening device to like open and close the valves and stuff like that, but most of it is just kind of you click and you hold and it'll spin the uh, washer or the bolt or the nut into place. And like with the electrical stuff, like electrical work is incredibly complicated and like it skips some weird steps. Like the second or third tutorial mission has you like going in and repairing a couple electrical outlets and you just walk up, you hit the interact button, and then it puts you in the like this tiny little mini game where you have to take like the facing off the wall, and then you have to take the socket out, and then you have to like uncouple the socket from the wall, and then you have to put a new one in. But like you do all of that, but you don't have to like go throughout the house and find the breaker to turn the electricity off. <laughs> so like it's accurate in some parts, and then completely inaccurate in other parts. But it's a lot of fun, and like I. I feel confident that, like, I could switch out, like, an electrical socket facing, but I couldn't, like, wire an entire house for electric, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it sounds really cool because it's, um, I mean, it's it's a 3D puzzle game, but it's applicable to real life. And I kind of like it when those two things meet, where it's, yeah, it's real, but it's also, like, incredibly not real. The, yeah it's and it's like, like a quirk. it's teaching me things it's weird so and like it teaches you like eventually later on when um you get to do like demolition and like blow out walls and things like that it like makes sure you have like a horizontal and a vertical and like it makes sure that like you know how to hit the wall correctly without like hitting a stud to do like structural damage to collapse the house so like I don't know, it's interesting. I really like it. It's an indie have game. You, have you dropped Steam. a house on your character's head yet? No, not yet. Um, but like I don't know. The one thing I will say, excuse me, is it's not optimized very well. Um, you do have to like go through the options and kind of like fine tune it to your system. I have two uh, major PCs. I have one in my living room that runs like all the entertainment stuff and then one in my office that does the more serious gaming stuff and um, it's not optimized very well for different degrees of hardware and the other thing is is everything in the options menu that you change that you would normally change to optimize is labeled something odd like it'll say like graphic presets and instead of going like low medium high ultra whatever right It'll go like fast, fastest, prettiest, um, highest graphics, like things like that. And like it just uses weird naming structure inside the options menu. So you do have to tweak it a little bit here and there. And then um, my favorite part about watching like all of those reality TV shows is seeing the stars of the show and the hosts of the show deal with people that have like completely unrealistic expectations and all of the interaction you get in this game with your clients, quote unquote, is done through email and like a tablet interface that they have mocked up. So you don't get like, you know, the 
um, like the housewife that like shows up at three o'clock in the afternoon as you're demoing walls going like, I was thrift shopping and I found this really nice table and I want to use this table. Like you don't get any of that stuff, which is fine. You know, it's not supposed to be like a reality TV show simulator, but like your interaction with your clients is they pretty much just give you like an objectives list. And that's where it starts to feel really gamey, where it's just you're going down the list, checking things off one by one by one instead of, you know, having to deal with things as they come up and having to deal with the chaos that is renovating a house. Yeah, well, and it sounds like, I mean, that'd be a really easy way to add some flavor to a game like that. I mean, dealing with the the suburban housewife um or, like, the guy who just wants, like, I don't care about the kitchen. I just want the really awesome man cave. And it's got to have a wet bar in it. And it's like, well, there's no plumbing in the basement. Like, and, you know, having to, like, explain that to people. And, like, the later parts of the game where you have to, like, manage a budget get really interesting. Because, like, the first, like, tutorial missions and things like that have you performing, like, essentially what amounts to, like, handyman work, you know? You're, like, repairing radiators, repairing busted sockets, doing some painting here and there. But when you get into the later sections of the game and you have to, like, actually manage a budget, that's where it starts getting interesting because it's like, oh, man, I can put this really nice, like, shower in. But if I put this really nice shower in, like, what's that going to do to, like, my tiling budget? Because I need to tile the back of the kitchen and stuff like that. And that's where it gets really interesting is when you have like this set goal, you have a money amount and you have to make all of your objectives. And that's, that's the gamey part that I really enjoy. Yeah, no, I, I think that'd be really fun. You know, it, I mean, this is like a complete goof of an idea, but you played roller coaster tycoon, right? Oh yeah. And that's the thing is like, there's these weird games that like, you don't think they would make good games, but they're so addicting. Okay, so imagine if there was a game where you were a roller coaster tycoon, like you know how they had you had to hire mechanics that like wandered around yeah. the park. You were that mechanic. Oh man, that would be oof. I don't know about that. See, and like the one thing in like I know this might be me being that unrealistic client in the HGTV show. The one thing I really wish it had is it kind of has like um 20 to it's like 15 to 20 houses that you can you know renovate and make bigger and better and all that stuff but i really wish it had a mode where like it would procedurally generate a house and just have you like play around in it like kind of almost like a sandbox mode i kind of wish it had something like that yeah that would be cool i mean that was always really fun uh especially in I didn't do it very much for Roller Coaster Tycoon because I liked having the objectives. But in Zoo Tycoon, I really enjoyed just having unlimited money and and building like the exact zoo that I wanted. That was always my favorite. So I think like a handyman version of of the like a more in depth version of like the Sims house building because you don't have to deal with plumbing or or any of that stuff in in electrical and Sims. But being able to do it in like a game would be fun. Yeah, well, and like I said, it's it's teaching me stuff that I would have not normally went to seek out knowledge for, you know, because like I'm I'm planning on buying a house in the next three to five years, so I probably need to know how to do some of this stuff, and if it costs me twenty bucks on Steam, that's okay. 
Yeah, 20 bucks on Steam, so that's a lot cheaper. That's not even an hour of, of a professional master plumber's labor, right? Yeah, and like, you know, combining PVC pipe and running pipe from, you know, a main line to a sink, I feel confident that I can do that now because I know how all of these pieces fit together and that's just how my brain works. I don't know. It's kind of fun. I like it a lot. So let's move on to the big news of the week. Um, Battlefield 5. I don't know how I feel about it, but I kind of... Mm, I don't know. I haven't bought like one of those major first-person shooters, Call of Duty Battlefield, in years. And Battlefield 5 looks really good, and I think EA is trying to make up a lot from what happened with Battlefront 2, the Star Wars game. And um, They've been on top living of that, in a PR nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to, you know, come out with your best foot forward and, you know, try and turn that all around. Um, I will say, like, a couple things that I really enjoy from what I've seen of Battlefield um, that I know a lot of people don't like. The first thing is the Battlefield trailer opened up with a message saying that EA did not go to like gun manufacturers when they were making the game to you know like they didn't pay anybody to put their weapon in the game they didn't pay anybody for um you know replicas or anything like that they wanted to keep this strictly a gaming affair they want to distance themselves from the debate this country is having on firearms right now and still put out you know a shooter product and i think they're going about it in a really nice way. And then um, the other thing that's pissing off a lot of people that, you know, don't have lives or whatever, um, the main character in the game is A, female, and B, a amputee. So I'm pretty jazzed about that too because there were a lot of really cool, like, World War II veterans that were women. Um, a lot of them were Russian, but they were all really cool. Is the the amputee characters based on a real person too, right? Like, I'm not sure um, if it is. I kind of think it's like they've been pushing a lot for um, the customization options with Battlefield Five. Um, they're because they they came out right out of the gate said no loot boxes whatsoever but we are going to have um cosmetics for sale for cash value but they want everybody to know that you know it's entirely customizable like your character it's like an unprecedented amount of customization that hasn't been in any battlefield game so i think that's kind of cool too yeah i think um it's okay for like that game to evolve i mean Battlefield was the uh, kind of they. I mean, they really pushed the idea of increasing the number of players that could be in a shooter game, and that's what always like was really exciting um, and allowed you to access more of the feel of a uh, a, a war game. It, like, I think that you could di- differentiate a war game from like a first person war game from like your first person tactical shooter that you get out of an overwatch or uh, i think call of duty feels much more like a tactical shooter than like that you're in a a real battle 
um, that's that's taking place, which is a very World War II style thing. I think one thing Battlefield has always thrived on is um, they had they've always had a really good sandbox, and it's always been incredibly chaotic. Um, I think the game design encourages it. One thing that sets Battlefield apart from Call of Duty, Overwatch, Rainbow Six, things like that, is the vehicles. And because of that, you know, like you said, that desire to put as many people on the map as possible, plus vehicles, plus, you know, all of these different ordinances and things like that. I always felt that Battlefield captured chaos really well because who knew what would happen? You know, there were always all of these different effective strategies that you could do, you know, like my thing was I would always uh, like in Battlefield 1942, the original one from like. Uh, the early 2000s late 90s i would always pick the anti-tank class because i quickly figured out the arc of the rocket so i'd use that thing like a sniper rifle but like in order to counter that all you would have to do is like get in a plane and strafe me correctly and i think that's one thing that battlefield has always thrived on and just adding more options for customization for your own character, I think, is really cool. And, you know, this focus on, you know, women in combat and the amputees. And, like, I mean, I think World War II is a classic setting for a shooter, too. Like, World War One, fine. Modern, fine. But I think World War II is really where that um, style of gameplay shines. Yeah, it's also just there's it's it's like the most historic people know more about world war ii than they do about basically any other war as far as their personal historic knowledge which i think i mean it makes the game a lot more engaging it's it's like i i got a lot more into assassin's creed 3 because i'm a huge revolutionary war that that time period um is is probably my favorite in in american possibly even in world history um, whereas, like, I know a lot less about Italian Renaissance era Italy, um, Italian Renaissance era Italy. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah. So it was, it was a lot easier, or like, not easier, but I got more excited and more hype when I run into moments and things that I'm familiar with. And so you can get that out of a World War II game with more people than you do if they were playing like a Vietnam game. I mean, most people can't name more than one battle from vietnam and it's probably one from a movie so it might not even be real exactly because last last i checked dr manhattan didn't actually show up that's the only one i know nice (laughs) well and speaking of um like crazy situations and procedurally generated houses from house flipper that's how battlefield 5's handling their campaign mode is it's going to be co-op like three or four people you spawn in a squad and it's procedural um i think you pick a map and then it'll randomly generate objectives it'll randomly generate enemy locations the whole nine um well i don't know how i feel about that though i'm kind of on the fence i want to see it in action before i give it like my thumbs up stamp of approval yeah um the only thing that i'm excited about is that uh it sounds like it might be kind of like a choose your own adventure where the outcome of the map that you just played affects which map you play afterwards like um there there'll be more than one kind of victory 
or or you can lose and then you'll move into like a different map or something which is really interesting but that sounds too complex for a video game and again i i can't see myself playing a cooperative mode like that by myself just like personally see i think the secret to that is going to be playing with friends um i mean there's there's always that age-old adage of you know playing with randos on the internet always breeds a bad time and i can get away with it and overwatch and uh starcraft and heroes of the storm and halo and things like that but like something more tactical something a little more um thought provoking like a rainbow six or even a battlefield i would want to avoid that completely i would i would play with friends absolutely but not just randos on the internet yeah and see and like i can't even stand more than like an hour of overwatch by myself i can't handle it and i mean I, yeah i play league of legends so i shouldn't talk because the, the toxicity is just in my veins so <laughs> it flows free that's right <laughs> Speaking of, let's move right into competitive corner. What do you got for competitive corner, Dylan? Have you been watching anything in your time off? I know you don't have internet per se, but you catch any good highlights? My my lack of internet has kind of kept me out of the loop on a lot of stuff. Like I I mean, I should be doing a better job like keeping up with my cell phone. I don't have like an instance of competitive corner to really bring up other than um i saw some highlights of caps from uh the uh the invitational for league of legends he's mid laner i think he's playing for fanatic right now um and man that boy can play if if he can if they can play how they played as a team and he puts a performance like that at, at worlds like I, I think we might see a, a european team win win a final which would be really exciting would you be more excited if a european team won over an american team oh no way but i mean i'd i'd be super hyped just to see a western team a western team hasn't been in the final since season one when Fnatic won it so it's been a while it's it's been a quick minute i mean it's been nine years wow has league of legends really been around that long yes sir yep wow we're getting old yeah man tell me about it it hurts i mean not really we graduated and i mean we're both moving on up right yeah i'm moving right into that middle bucks earnings not the big bucks but not the small bucks that's that good good stuff right there though yeah it's pretty great um i have been watching uh the week we graduated um that next day i just sat on my couch and watched the final four for heroes of the dorm it's a heroes of the storm tournament that blizzard puts on every year there's a bracket they make it just like march madness the cool thing is is um the prize um blizzard plays the winning team's tuition like all of it i it like man why why weren't why weren't i uh i wish i wish here's the storm would come out like two or three years earlier yeah 
Because we would have been on that train. That would have been great. I would have been um, on that hype train so hard. <laughs> yeah. And um, the final team that won, uh, Laval, they were Canadian school. Um, first Canadian team to win it. They went 16-1. and one. So they cleared throughout the entire tournament. Um, but it was it was a good final. Um, Buffalo did really good. Kentucky did great. Like it was it was engaging, and it kind of turned me back on to Heroes of the Storm because you know I would play it here and there, but um, seeing the meta, some of the new heroes are great. Um, Garage Hellscream got a lot of play, and he's got a really cool kit that allows him to throw enemies around, and it was just kind of cool seeing something like this being supported by blizzard and i don't know i kind of like the the amateur feel of all of it because these are just kids in college these are not pro gamers you know they still go to class they still you know are getting their degrees and things like that and it's kind of cool watching i don't want to say like the b level of esports but like it's kind of cool watching the amateurs kind of like duke it out and get a feel for it and they they make ballsier moves than the professionals you know they screw up every once in a while they're they're human it's kind of well, cool i think you get a lot more um like you get a higher chance well, for think... star level performances say again you were cutting out oh i'm sorry uh, i think you get a lot more chance of like star performances like a particular player standing out on a team because there's so many more like teams than you don't have like all of the like good players are just on these top teams because it's not quite pro yet. They haven't quite weeded out like all of the medi- like mediocre players, right? And so you have those really star performances, and I that's my favorite thing to watch, I think. Well, and I think the other thing that's really nice about it is it allows people to maybe explore something that they that might not define their career, you know? like we we do games as a hobby and to do games on a hobby and a very professional high level setting i don't know if i would ever want to make that a career but it would be cool to play on stage just once you know yeah yeah like i would have loved to have gotten to play one of my favorite games at at that level i mean like i got to play it at a tournament in clutch at clutch gaming in there in denver and like that was one of the funnest experiences just playing like surrounded by all these other people and i mean it was streamed on twitch what viewer count wasn't much but like just knowing that people are watching and casting the game and people are excited and looking to see like oh we're gonna have to play against them next what's their strategy who are they drafting what are they doing it's that adds this whole other dimension to uh to the game that's that's an energy so all right, so I, I agree 100%. Playing tournament settings are always fun. I'm going to end tonight, but I want to end tonight on a very particular question. I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to tell you mine. Um, what is your favorite public gaming moment? Like, you know, playing in public with strangers, throwing down, you know, like, I mean, both of us were, were growing up in the era of arcades where you would take your quarter and put the quarter up on the Street Fighter cabinet and try and beat, you know, that one kid who was just way too good at it. What What is your favorite public gaming moment from your life?
Um, we go hang out um, and eat at the buffet, and then we'd go next door. We'd play Laser Quest or, or just play Dance Dance Revolution usually. And so um, there are some kids playing there, and like we took turns like playing some DDR, and like one of the kids wanted to throw down, and so we did. That's that's my favorite moment. Um, I I beat him. Uh, I played on a harder difficulty and beat him, and that just kind of felt good. I mean, I was a seventh grader, so I was not humble about the situation at all, but that was awesome. Nice. What about nice. you? Uh, my personal favorite was it was um, my first go around at college when I was like nineteen twenty ish, and um, I don't know if you know this actually, but the editor in chief and one of the founders of Kotaku dot com, uh, his name is Brian Crescente. He would used to throw these events in Denver. They would rent out a ballroom or you know a bar, and it was ten bucks a head to enter. And all donations would go to Child's Play. And he would bring, like, these giant cardboard boxes of just, like, stupid swag that developers would send him to promote their game. You know, like, oh, here's an Assassin's Creed hoodie or, you know, things like that. But um, the first couple years were fine. You know, it was people getting together, drinking, and just talking games and having a good time. But the second year was awesome because uh it was at cervantes ballroom which is downtown denver huge ballroom um a lot of amateur musicians play there um seats probably could probably fit like 250 300 people shoulder to shoulder in their main ballroom that's not small and um and uh he brought rock band up on stage and you could go and you could sign up with your friends and play rock band on like an amateur rock stage and i just remember that night my friends and i like my buddy josh was on the drums my friend bobby she was singing my buddy aj was playing bass and i was on guitar and um we were playing oh god what song like don't stop believing by journey which is like it's like you know the ultimate karaoke song everybody knows the words but man like we were all on expert and just shredding and having a great time. And then I just remember walking off stage, like I hand the guitar to like the guy running the rock band thing. And I'm walking off stage and everybody in the crowd is like high five in us. And we're like walking down, like we own the place. Like it was, it was the coolest thing I've, ever done gaming wise in my entire life it was so awesome that's so rad like that's so so cool yeah because when you think about it like rock band it's like oh yeah it's like four idiots in a living room but no we got to play like on stage with our stupid plastic little instruments (laughs) and i don't know that you know like playing at that level and playing for other people you know, it's one thing to play a game in your spare time, but playing for other people, adding that that excitement, that energy is always a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it makes a huge difference. I mean, um, man, I now I want to tell more stories, but like, go go. So so uh, there was this this PC room in Denver that was like back in this hidden warehouse. It was in uh, Westminster, um, and I was. By, in there by myself and i was playing starcraft 2 um it was it was my first time getting to play starcraft 2 because like i 
I bought it, I pre-ordered it, but my computer couldn't run it, and so I got to go to this place, and they had those sweet, souped-up PCs, and I was like, awesome, I get to play it. Um, and uh, there were a couple of girls, like, behind me, and they were, like, talking about StarCraft Two and watching me play, so I, like, I've never tried harder in a game of StarCraft ever in my whole life. My, <laughs> my APM average was so much higher than it's ever been in my whole life, I swear, like, um, and I won, but yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting like what that does i don't know i don't know i love playing games games are so much fun i'm so glad that we both have like this giant huge thing of stress gone and we can just play games freely with that being said do you have any parting words of wisdom dylan uh not this week just get good sleep and spend money on a good mattress that's it that's my buy nice mattresses perfect yeah good sleep is good you know you, you gotta sleep every night right that's right well, it's a lot of your life my words of advice for the end of this week is just tell somebody that you appreciate them tell somebody oh i see what you're doing and you know thank you so much like it goes a long way it can lift people's spirits and with that being said lift some spirits get some sleep and be kind to your fellow gamers have a great one